on top of 3B, right? It says, yeah, 3B1. But I want to look at these psukim because it's very confusing without looking at the psukim. So let's look at the psukim over here. So if we look in the psukim over here, let's start from the second line. You got it over there? Okay. Your slave and your maidservant. That will be for you. From the nations. Who is around you. From them you can buy. A slave and a maidservant. Now, what's the background? The background is, we have a rule that we've got to wipe out the seven nations. Right? You've got to wipe out the seven nations. But here we have a qualification. You are allowed to buy slaves and slave women from the nations around you. Which implies the nations that live where? Around Israel. Right. Not in Eretz Israel. But the Goyim around Eretz Israel, you let it go. The open market, free market, and buy slaves. So, so far, the people in Eretz Israel, the Goyim, they're going to wipe out. But the Goyim around, you can buy. Now, for Gam and also, from the children of the residents, who live with you, Mehem tiknu, from them you can buy. The word toshav means someone who comes from elsewhere. So let's say a guy comes from outside of Israel and settles in the land of Israel. You can also buy from his children. From their family that's with you. That was born in your land. And will be for you as an inheritance. As a possession. What are we talking about? We're talking about if a guy comes from outside Israel and marries a Canaanite in Eretz Israel, the child you also allowed to buy. Because that's not considered to be a Canaanite. Because with Goyim, who does it follow? The father. The father. Okay, so so far, we have the seven nations of Canaan, you're going to wipe out. Goyim outside Israel, you can go and buy slaves. A guy who comes from outside Israel and, and, and marries a Canaanite and has a child, you can also buy. Because that's not considered luckily a Canaanite. Because by Goyim it follows the father. And you shall give them over as, as an inheritance to your sons. After you. To inherit, which means if Shmerel buys a slave and he dies, his son inherits the slave. It's a possession. Now this is the key posuk. You shall work them forever. But with your brothers, the Jews, a man with his brother, you're not allowed to work him with hard labor. Which means, the changes dramatically for a Jew, like you were saying with an Ebed Ivri. Here we're talking about Goyim. So there's a lot of qualifications here. You're allowed to have a Goyish slave if he comes from outside of Eretz Israel, not of the Canaanites. If, however, he comes in and he marries a Canaanite, you're allowed to use that child as a slave because he's not allegedly considered a Canaanite. You must work these Goyim, these Goyish slaves. They're your possession. You inherit them off to your children, but you do not do that with Jews. Okay, that is the background for the piece that we're going to see over here now. Yes. Yep. Yep. How do you know?
How do you know what? Oh, that you can find out. Come on. Look at their passport. See where the goyim come from. You know what they are. They this nation, that nation. What? Because they identified with nations. They identified with various nations. The Canaanites said, I'm a Canaanite. The Hivites said, I'm a Hivite. The Gigashites said, I'm a Gigashite. The Yavusi said, I'm a Yavusi. All the nations, that are listed nations for you. They identified with who they were. Yeah. We don't care. I'm going to be very, very uh, non-politically correct. We do not care. If you went to a slave market in those days and you bought a slave, you were entitled to buy him, you were entitled to toivel him, and he had absolutely no, no um, part of that decision. You bought him, you put him in the mikvah, he now kept certain mitzvahs, and that's it. He had no choice in the matter. No, they were worse. Oh, good question. So the Mephoshim asked, why are they called Evid Kanani? We weren't allowed to enslave the Canaanites. We had to destroy them. It just means that uh, we call a slave an Evid Kanani. It's a generic term. It doesn't mean a Canaanite. Very good point. Okay. So now let's look at the Gemara now. Six lines from the top. You shall work them forever. That was the Pasuk. Is that a command? Is that optional? Rishus. 3A1 at the top, six lines from the top of the page. 3B1, sorry, 3B1. Okay, yeah, we 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 tearing up the track. <laughs> you shall work them forever. Rishus. Rishul says it doesn't mean that you always have to work them. It's optional. You want to work them, you can. You want to free them, you can. It's the choices in your hands, says Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Akiva says it's an obligation. You're not allowed to free a non-Jewish slave. It's forbidden to free him. Where's emancipation over here? Because it's better for him to be a slave to you than to be free. We're going to see. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says the Gemara now. Let's look at the reasons. Now keep, keep track of the Psukim. My time at the Rabbi Yishmael. What's the reason Rabbi Yishmael says it's optional? I did accept. Since the Pasuk said prior to this, Lo When a different, any soul of the seven nations um, alive, they have to be wiped out. Then Therefore, I have to tell me that I can work Goyish slaves. To permit when a Goy comes from another nation, and has a child with a Canaanite, and she, has, she gives birth to a son. In other words, the Torah over here, when it says you shall work them, is coming to tell me that if a Goy from outside of Israel marries a Canaanite, the child is not a Canaanite, and you're allowed to work him. So it's coming to permit you something that you might have thought was forbidden. Dasanya, we learn in the price. How do I know that if a Goy comes, Shebo Alekanais comes from another nation, and has relations with a Canaanite woman, and she gives birth to a son, you're allowed to buy him and not kill him as an right? But Evid is an Evid. Talmud Loiman, this is from the Psukim over here, which is in Posuk Memhe 45. 
You're allowed to buy from those who live in the land. Which means a toy shop is a goya comes from outside, marries a Canaanite, has a child, you're allowed to buy. Maybe the other way around you might think. Maybe what happens if a Canaanite man has a child with a goya who comes from elsewhere? Maybe that child I can also work. Right? Therefore the Posseca says, Who's born in your land. Meaning, From someone who was born in the land. Which means, From a woman who is a Canaanite. But not from a woman who comes from elsewhere. Which a Canaanite fathers. You have to kill that child. Right. Which means like this. The Brace is saying over here, there is an allowance to have a slave over here, even though there's a Canaanite mother. So therefore, Lolemaim Tavoid is not coming to tell you you have to work the slave forever. It's just telling you that in this case, you don't have to kill him. You can actually use that boy as a slave. For Rebbe Kiva, and Rebbe Kiva, what do you say to that? You say you have a mitzvah to work them forever. Says Rebbe Kiva, Memehim Tiknu Navka. No. I don't need Loyal Mem to avoid for that. If you look in the Posak, it says Mehem Tiknu. In Posak 45, from them you will buy. The minute I tell you from them you will buy, I know already I've got an allowance. So then let's carry on. So why do I need to then go as well in Posak 46 and say you shall work them forever? That's coming, the Chayva, that there's an obligation to work them. So Rabbi Akiva says, since there's two psukim that says you can buy, must be the second pasuk is telling you that you're obligated to work them forever. Can't free them. Rabbi Yishmael says, no, I don't learn that. Why not? For Rabbi Yishmael, Rabbi Yishmael says, you shall work them forever means you have to work them and not your brothers. You're not allowed to enslave a Jew to work for, him, work for you forever. What's the maximum time a Jewish slave can work? Years. Six years. And then if he wants to stay on, till the Jubilee year. For Rabbi Akiva. So that, that six years, does that go with the Shemitah cycle? Or is it straight six no, years? No, no, it's a straight six years. For Rabbi Akiva, Bar Chechem, me say for the Rabbi Akiva says, no. Look at the end of the Pasuk. Right at the end of Pasuk 46. It says in the end, don't work your brother, your Jewish brother with hard labor. So I don't need to learn Loyal Bahem Vilobachem. You Darshning, work them and not your brothers. The end of the, the Pasuk says, don't work a brother. Which means that the Pasuk, you shall work them, is open to tell me there's an obligation to work him. For Rabbi Yishmael, and now comes what Ivan didn't like. Rabbi Shmuel says no. I did the since we had to mention your brothers at the end. It also says in them, which means you don't darshan that uh, that end pasuk. Sometimes we repeat words because of context, and you don't learn anything new from it. Look at the time of the Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel says the time of Rabbi Shmuel. Any Pasha that was said and repeated. was only repeated for something that we learned from it. But you don't have to learn out every word. In other words, Lo'ilam Bahem Tavodim means slaves. 
and not Jews. And then at the end, since we're mentioning that, we mention as well, and your brothers, you don't work hard labor. But it doesn't mean that you have an obligation to enslave a guy. How do we paskin? We paskin like Rabbi Akiva. We paskin like Rabbi Akiva. It's also to free a slave, unless you knock out one of 24 limbs. What? Which means, if the master whacks out a teeth, tooth, he blinds him, he cuts off one of his fingers, his toes, he damages him down below, right? Um, uh, on the face, I think it's his ears as well, he chops off. Anything like that, the slave will go free. Or you need to free the slave to make him Jewish for a mitzvah, such as making a minyan. But as a rule, it's forbidden to free an Evid Kanani. Okay. Right. Now the Gemara goes to a little bit of a gadita here, which is uh, fascinating and controversial, the upcoming point. So in other words, without, in other words, you can have slaves. Absolutely slaves. Absolutely, Keith. <laughs> and anyone who tells you that the Torah doesn't allow slavery is saying something against the Torah. Yes, well, he can't come from the seven nations of Canaan. That's right. That's right. Unless, of course, he marries a Canaanite and then the child follows him. So you get a slave, you have to do an investigation. What do you mean investigation? Oh, to see where he comes from. Yeah. Absolutely. But today it's different because we don't know who's Canaanite today anyway. The no. Goyim are all mixed up. So you go live after the majority. Majority are Canaanites. So in theory, we can't do Canaanite slaves today because it's against the law. But... In theory, yes, you could take any guy as a slave. Says the Gemara. And by the way, the Navi says in Mashiach's time, we're all going to have 2,800 slaves. Get ready. Says the Gemara. Right? Sexual immorality in the house. It's like a worm in the sesame seeds. With sesame seeds. What's the worm going to do? Eat up all the seeds. So Znus in the home is going to eat up all the money. Why is it going to eat up all the money? Anyone know? No, sexual immorality. Adultery. If that happens in the house, all the money is going to get... Why? Because of the immorality. Why? Don't tell me because of... I'm asking why. Very good. So, one way is, very simply, is that the Kaddish Baruch Hu removes his Shekhinah from the home. We know that in a home, the divine presence rests in the bedroom. That's where the divine presence rests. That's why when a husband and a wife are intimate, the Shekhinah comes down at that time. The opposite of the Goyim. The Goyim say, you know, it's an animalistic act. And, uh, you know, uh, the priests say uh, it's forbidden to them. Any, any, any clever Christian in the old times of Roman Catholicism, right, never was intimate because he said it's vile and disgusting. We say exactly the opposite. In fact, in the Yeshiva world, when you talk about um, sexual intimacy, it's called Inyane Kedusha, matters of holiness, right? So therefore, if that is violated in the home, then Hashem removes his shechina, and then all the blessing disappears. Simple as that. But, comes along the Gemara now with a bit of a, a bit of a, um, we're going to see a bit of a curveball. Omer Rav Chizda, says Rav Chizda, 
anger in the house, that also eats up the panosa. Anger eats up the panosa. Why does that eat up the panos? It's like you're worshipping idols. It's like you're worshipping idols. The uh, withdraws. Good. Now that would be very nice. But now the Gemara says a very strange statement. Both are only talking about the woman. But with a man, it's not going to take away the panos. What does that mean? Man stronger than a woman. Nah. I'm asking you. The language of the of the Gemara, and I want you to explain it. Says this is only true with the woman, but if it's with, so that's what I'm asking you. Don't come and ask me. I want you to tell me, chat. Yeah, meaning, meaning. Come on. So if your wife is upset, you're into the Meiri. You see, you don't have to ask me. I've been saying very nice. You know what it means with the woman? You could learn the Gemara means if the woman is immoral and the woman gets angry, that takes away the bracha. But the Meiri says an amazing statement. He says, if you anger your wife, it takes away the panosa. That's what it means. Yeah, 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 that's what it means. Right, that's what it means. Right, if you hurt her feelings, because, and I'll tell you a beautiful thing, Rebrog Schlitter Says a Gavaldika thing. Listen to the scenario. Of course, it's, it, it never happens, but in theory, right? The wife goes out to the shops and she happens to buy this and happens to buy that and happens to buy that, happens to buy this, and you get the bill at the end of the month and she has spent a fortune. So, what's the instinctive reaction? You give her my pollen. Says Rebrog. You want to know how to lose your panosa? Give her a mapola. You want to know how to get your panosa? Keep your mouth shut. And it's something we all fail at, and it's so true. Because the broch in the home comes through the wife. If you give her a mapola in the home, you spent this, spent that, you, you're shutting off the pipelines of broch. Is it easy? No, but it's a fact. It's a fact. So now, that's what it means with cars in the home. Now, if we want to be a little bit, you know, if she gives you a mapola, that's not going to take away the brocha from the home. You hear that, Stevie? Sure. Yeah? yeah. You don't give your wife a mapola. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, goading you, right? Yeah. But Lamaisa, that's what it is. But if she gives you a mapola, that's okay. That's okay, right? Doesn't mean that a person should be a uh, doormat. That's for sure. We're not saying that. But what it means is, if she gives you a mapola, it means you need to up your game. But you don't give her mapolas. What about the immorality? So the immorality is, interesting enough, is if she commits sexual morality, it's going to be worse than if you do. The reason for that is, is because if she commits sexual morality, because I'll say that she's going to end up using the money of the home to please her partner. And it's less likely if it's the man doing it with another woman. It's more likely that she'll want to give him money. No, but that's probably morality with it. If it's an unmarried woman with a man, it's not as bad. No, 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 but I'm talking about married over here. I'm talking about married over here. I'm talking about if they both commit adultery. 
the, the panos is going to be sucked up more if she does it than if he does it. That's in terms of sexual morality. It doesn't mean that it's any better. It just means that the, the, the money is going to be drained worse from her. But when it comes to anger and making someone upset, it only works the one way. You make your wife angry, upset, hurt, etc. It shuts down the panosser of the home. So what do you do? And I talk to myself, don't look at me, because we all um, battle with this. The best thing is you go to the pharmacy and you, get, and you ask for a script for shtumpels. And when you get a shtumpel, that's the best thing for a uh, home. Charles, you've only got a little bit of experience, eh, Charles? Not enough. Not enough, you see. A lot of shtumpels.